This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. He said, so committed to taking it to August 15th. He told me that he has narrowed it to a smaller number of teams, and now he and his agents are going to start making, he called, you know, he said a pro and con list. He's going to look at the pluses and the minuses of some of these teams now that they've gotten through the draft, now that they've gotten through free agency, now that you can start to put together lines for these teams figure out who's going to be there, what opportunities might be available, where he could slot in in the NHL. You know, I was in his ear a little bit, but not too much. I'm sure he's getting a lot from a lot of people, so I don't want to I don't want to chime in too much, but I definitely um, gave him my two cents about you know how great it would be for him to come to Buffalo, and definitely I think it's just up to him that he's going to make his own decision. Buffalo is certainly a team on the rise. That is a team that if you're looking a couple of years down the road, you have to think really good thoughts. I don't know right now if the same can be said for the Bruins. They're sort of trying to rebuild refashion themselves on the fly as some of their pieces get a little older. You know, Toronto, you would also have to hope it is a team that's getting better. So I'm sure those pieces are playing in DC's head and looking at, you know, where can I win? Where can I help them? On WGR Sports Radio 550. So... So it went from Stamkos watch, and now it's VZ watch, if uh, if I've got this correct. Uh, that was Amelie Benjamin from NHL.com, uh, and also Jack Eichel there in the open. Welcome in to WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm your host, Nate Geary, with me in studio this morning. It's just me and Brayton today, so Brayton Wilson on the board. Uh, we had an interesting week, I would say, uh, we introduced our newest free agent, Kyle Oposo, rookie development camp started, uh, earlier in the week, and obviously last week being the 4th of July weekend, so short week for everyone, back at it on a Saturday morning, there is lots to do today, so if you're up in Adam, going to the Taste of Buffalo, uh, there's rookie development camp scrimmage today at 1pm, that's gonna be at Harbor Center, not First Niagara Center or whatever it's going to be called, uh, Key, Bank. Key Bank Center. Key Bank Center. Uh, so that will be going on over at Harbor Center at 1 p.m. today. You must have tickets. I don't know if they're sold out, but if you head to Sabers.com, uh, I'm sure you can find something up there regarding the tickets, which I believe are twenty dollars. So the although last year it was uh, it wasn't a free event, but uh, they have more seats available, so uh, if you're trying to get to the scrimmage today, I wouldn't wait any longer. I would make sure I secured my tickets. Definitely not as much seating room uh, in the Harbor Center Arena than it is in First Night. The official capacity, I believe, is a little over 1,800, but there's also standing room only spots. So um, I I don't know if I'm going to expect it to be filled up, but I mean I'm sure there's going to be a good crowd there. 
I would assume so. Uh, even though there's no Jack Eichel, there's no Sam Reinhart this year, you still got guys like Hudson Fashing, Justin Bailey, Alex Nylander, uh, Brendan Gooley. So you've got some guys in Cal Peterson as well that was in the update. Uh, so definitely some guys to go and take a look at if you get an opportunity to today. Uh, also today, we have the Women's Wimbledon Final. That will be in a little while. That's going to be between Angelie Kerber, who actually already beat Serena. I believe it was this year. It could have been last year, though, when Serena was going for the... Uh, for the full Grand Slam event, which was winning all four majors. I believe that she lost to Angelique Kerber uh, in the final event, which I believe is the U.S. Open. So today, Wimbledon uh, will get underway a little bit this morning, so we'll look forward to that. Serena Williams will look to do something that no men has done. No, I'm sorry, no men, man has done. Also, only one woman has done, Steffi Graf. She's going for her 22nd Grand Slam title, uh, which is just astounding for any sport uh, and we're definitely going to get around to talking about Serena and what this means for tennis uh, and for women's sports. Uh, I think it's extremely important uh, that now we see a woman the, in this day uh, be as dominant in her sport as Serena Williams is. So I'd like to talk about Serena today as well. Also taking your calls, 803-0550. We also want to talk about this Jimmy Vesey situation. Are you okay if Jimmy VZ decides to not sign with the Sabres, if, if he decides that he wants to take his talents to Boston or Chicago or another team, are you satisfied with what Tim Murray has done this year? Uh, if not, what is your next move if Jimmy VZ does not sign with the Sabres? So 803-0550-888-550-2550. You could also tweet at us at Nate Geary WGR or BJ Wilson WGR for Brayton, or at WGR 550. So, Jimmy Vesey, I, uh, the, as we move closer and closer to the August 15th deadline, uh, that is when the Sabres' exclusive rights to Jimmy Vesey uh, are no longer in effect. He then becomes an unrestricted free agent, allowing him to sign with whomever he feels he wants to sign with. But an important thing to note that if you don't already know that he can only sign an entry-level contract. He cannot sign some big money deal elsewhere. So all the money will be the same everywhere except for potentially Toronto who doesn't give out rookie bonuses. We'll see how that goes uh, when it's time to lock up Austin Matthews, the Lou Lamorello rule. Uh, so we'll see how that works and how that plays out with Austin Matthews. And if that continues to be the role and continues to be the, you know, the rule of thumb for Lou Lamorello, I don't see, you know, VZ wanting to take his talents to Toronto and not be able to make rookie bonus structures for the first two years of his contract. It, you know, it doesn't really make sense for him. So then you move to maybe some other teams. Chicago could be a team uh, that definitely gives VZ some interest and in that he would undoubtedly have interest in. Um, obviously, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, uh, you have Panarin, you've got Corey Crawford, you've got Duncan Keith, you've got a team who basically wins every other year. Um, and I think that would be an interesting destination. Paul Hamilton was on the show yesterday and, and was talking about that exact same thing, is what if VZ decides that Chicago is really his best you know, landing spot? You know, I'm skeptical. I, I don't necessarily think that Chicago is the best fit for him, but He's going to a place where he's not going to need a lot to be good. Well, I mean, with Chicago, of course they have the talent. They have Taves, Kane. They even have Hosa. They've got Keith Seabrook. Uh, they got a good goaltender in Corey Crawford. 
the, the question becomes, though, and, and Paul mentioned this, what happens after his two years are expired? Is he going to want a bigger contract, and are the Blackhawks going to be able to afford a contract to pay Jimmy Vesey? Because if not, he could be traded like just like Brandon Saad and Andrew Shaw was this year because they don't have the cap space. I mean, they've got a couple of ridiculously stupid contracts on their on their cap that – they would love to get rid of, but they really can't get rid of because no teams are interested or no other team wants to take that big of a cap hit. But they do they do something very well. And 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 on the opposite point, that maybe you don't know what VZ is going to be able to do in two years when he's going to be expecting a higher salary after his entry level is is up. But this could I mean Chicago could be an opportunity to really help him showcase um, his abilities, make him a you know, 40 to 50 point score in his first two seasons playing alongside one. But at the same time, so there, there's, there is to me a positive for going to Chicago. Um, you're able to showcase yourself on a team that is, you know, right there at the top of the Western conference every single year. But you know, is that guaranteeing him a top six spot? I don't know. I, I, that's a tough question. I I think he's going to find difficult, to find himself a top six spot with that team, with the wingers that they've got, and they've still got Hosa, who's one of the best defensive forwards in the league, if not the best defensive forward in the league, uh, and, and and brings to the table a lot of offensive skill as well. You know, I don't see him overtaking Hosa on that second line. Um, Panarin, I mean, you've got some guys ahead of him. So I don't necessarily see him being a lock for the top six. And then you've got his other checklist. You know, all the other things on his checklist. He wants to be on a power play unit. Now, I don't see him being on that first power play unit for Chicago, leaving him on the second power play unit, and you're not going to be playing with Taves and Kane and Panarin on that second power play unit. So is Chicago really an ideal spot for him? I'd say no, but I don't think it's out of the question. I, I, I think it's definitely something that if I were him, if I were his agent, I would be definitely thinking about it at the very least um i just think that they offer a unique situation for any young player but as you mentioned uh, what does the future hold is this a situation that plays well for him down the road now that's that's something that i think he's going to have to figure out and and really question and think about but i don't think there's an easy answer here i think you really and this is why i think he's going to take this to the august 15th deadline i i just don't see him Basically going back on what he told Nashville as well, and I just think that he's got to save face a little bit. Paul Hamilton said it multiple times on across both the Howard Simon show and Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. Is is you know it, it necessarily it may not look good for VZ to, to decide. Hey, I really like what the Sabers have offered me and what they can offer me, so I'm going to sign this contract before the August fifteenth you know deadline. He he's really said from the beginning that he intends to get to this deadline. Um, and give him the the most opportunity to decide where he wants to play next year. I, I just think Toronto's out. Um, I, I don't see Toronto as a legitimate team to be able to offer VZ all of the things that he wants. Although they can't offer him a top six. They don't have that much talent. They can offer him a power play position. They don't have much talent there. But I don't think what they can offer him is the ability to win right away and Chicago and I think the Sabres offer those two things and I don't think Boston offers that either I think Boston is one of the unique ones because Boston can offer him uh, you know a spot on that top six they can offer him you know a spot on the power play but 
I just don't see I I don't see the value in him going to Boston and, and yes, it's his hometown. Um he'll get to play in front of his friends and family on a week to week, day to day basis. That's gotta be something, you know, that crosses your mind. But as he said, you know, he's a man now. He's twenty three years old. He's not a college freshman. You know, he's not nineteen. He's not one year, two years out of junior junior hockey. You know, this guy is a is a man who has gone through the college ranks, and I think that being in front of his family just doesn't really, to me, seem like the top of his list as a reason why to go to Boston. And to me, that's the only reason you go to Boston. For family purposes. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason you go there. Yeah, There's Boston, no other, it doesn't make sense hockey-wise. Boston's just, they're getting old. And I mean, they're they're trying to figure out their cap situation because they're kind of in a cap jail right now. I mean, there's been rumors floating out there that David Krejci is on the chopping block, maybe trying to get traded. I mean, they've, they've got some, they've got cap issues. They've, they're getting older. I mean, they just re-signed Tory Krug, which is, you know, amazing to me because I mean, they had to buy out Dennis Seidenberg, which I guess I understand because I mean, he's, he's old too, but I mean, Zidane Chara is 39. Patrice Bergeron is 30. They just signed David Backus to a five-year deal and he's 32 yeah. years old. And they also got to sign Brad Marchand to a new contract so while there's talent there in Boston I just I can't see why Jimmy Vesey would want to go to an aging team not only that but to a team that for the past two seasons has been just they they come out strong right away and then at the end of the season they nosedive and they miss the playoffs right and you really have to look at Tuka Rask as another guy as I mean totally just an up and down guy he's actually he's He's either really, really good and really strong and consistent, or he just struggles to find his game. So that's just another team that it's it's kind of a head scratcher. They don't bring a lot to the table other than hey, Jimmy, come home and play in front of your friends and family. And I don't know that that's really a big thing on his list. Well, another thing about the Bruins team is that their depth really isn't that great. I mean, it's, I mean, their I'm, prospect pool's not great. I'm looking at their general manager page right now, and I mean, besides their really their top six. I mean, that's another thing. Jimmy Vesey might not even have a spot in the top six. It, that's It's a possibility because, I mean, there might be a chance that you move a couple of these players who are normally centers off to the wing, and Vesey might be playing a third-line role right away, and that might be a disadvantage for him. Yeah. Not only that, but, I mean, you look at their team, their defense. I mean, again, Charles, 39, yeah. he's your number one. Krug is number two. And then after that, you've got Adam McQuaid, Kevin Miller, and John Michael Lyles. Like, I they mean, paid those, a lot for McQuaid, too. Those are three guys that are five, six, seven defensemen who are going to be playing three, four minutes who are just going to be really, really not good at all. And, I mean, their their prospect depth is, you know, it's okay. But, I mean, it's not great. So, for Boston, I, I get that it would be a home, you know, the home feel. You're not far away from home. But... If you really want to win and if you really want to play top six minutes, or, you know, Boston may not be the best fit. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's head out to the phones. Jerry, uh, Jerry, you're on the air. What do you got for me, buddy? You know what? I, I, I don't think he's going to any of the places we think are obvious, um, you know, Boston here or, or Toronto. Uh, I think the high-end teams, once they get, they get involved, whether it's, you know, the Kings or, or the Blackhawks or the Penguins, he is such a, a cap-friendly hit to any team um, that's in cap jail, that uh, that his value is, is is even more than we think it, you know, it is to us. 
Um, you know, if you can get a top, you know, six guy for what they're going to end up paying him. They, and I think he might be thinking, and, and I know if I was him, this is the way I'd be thinking too, you know, get on a really good team. And even if I'm not in the top six, I'm still going to get points on this team, uh, you know, whether it's Pittsburgh or Chicago or, or, or LA. And then, uh, you know, win a couple Stanley Cups or, you know, be in the deep into the playoffs and the exposure. And then that second contract, which is always my big contract, maybe that's where I end up in Toronto or, or Boston and, you know, just play out my days in Boston and, you know, build my house and raise my family where I grew up and wanted to be anyway. You know, the first contract, I just think he's such a value to these high-end teams right now that they all should be interested in him. Jerry, I you bring up a good point about it could just be a team that we're not really even talking about or thinking about. What about Nashville? I mean, do you are you seeing this Nashville could be a potential landing spot even though they traded his rights because they couldn't get a deal done? That uh, that is interesting, and in that um, I think if he's thinking that he wants to win and get points or an exposure, I don't think Nashville's a team that gives you exposure. You know, I think, right. you know, a Pittsburgh team that goes deep into the playoffs, Chicago, because of the market, and they usually go deep into the playoffs. Uh, Detroit would have been one of those teams, but they're not anymore. Um, but uh, I think those those cap jail teams that are higher end, and even a San Jose or an Anaheim might be a, a fit, you know, and you get through those first three or four years, and then, you know, the big contract is maybe where you go, you know, where you want. Um and that because because when you go when you get that that big contract to go where you want it's going to be six seven years not you know not your uh, right. your entry level type um, deal which is you know shorter um, but I think his value is is awesome and I think people had concerns about this whole process and that you know he could do this well he took four years out of his life or five years out of his life and didn't make any money but there is an advantage to NHL teams to kids doing this and that sure he came to developmental camp and rookie camps and stuff like that. They didn't have to spend any money in the minors on him or, you know, in the AHL develop, developing him. He developed it, you know, on a college team for, you know, he's emotionally and physically ready to play in the NHL. It's, you know, there's a savings on both sides of it. So I think this could be the uh, one of the ways of the future for some of the American players to, uh, you know, it's 17 or 18. You, sometimes you just don't know how good a kid's going to be. And, uh, you know, if he goes to college for four years, that might, unless maybe what you have is some kind of college entry draft, you know, that once you're a senior, there's a shorter draft that allows you to draft, you know, um, you know, college players after their senior year. Yeah, Jerry, I like all of your points. Thanks a lot for calling in, buddy. Really appreciate it. Have a nice weekend. Jerry there, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good points from Jerry, and I, he, he struck up a little thought in my head is what about Nashville? Um, Nashville is totally still, I think, in this. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone's really talked about them being in this. But you get maybe the best defenseman in the NHL, the best puck-moving defenseman, definitely. And you're a team that was has been in the playoffs for the past few years. You have young guys like Forsberg. I still think that Nashville has absolutely has they still have a shot at the VZ and and the other point that he made is the value point and and I think that's important too is the value of him as a player as a 23 year old who like he mentioned it the body frames there the experiences there playing college hockey for four years um, all really good points so great call Jerry thanks uh, thanks for calling in.
So next, we'll continue on to our VZ Watch talk, and uh, next hour as well, we're going to get into some development camp. Brayton was there yesterday, so we'll get a little bit of a report on what he saw there, uh, as well as uh, Paul was there as well. So we've got a lot of sound up on WGR550.com if you want to listen to any of the interviews with Brendan Gooley, Cal Peterson, Alex Nylander. Um, he's got a lot of stuff up there. Uh, so, yeah, that's all at WGR. And uh, up next, we will continue on VZ Watch. Maybe the Sabres weren't as much a real consideration, possibility. We've heard so much about Boston and Toronto where it comes to VC. Maybe the Sabres have taken themselves from, you know, off the list to on the list mm-hmm. by doing this. And, and, you know, if that costs you a third-round pick, maybe you get a really good player. Maybe you have the ability to sign him in the end for just a third-round pick. And I think if you knew that at the beginning, you would probably make that deal. Emily Benjamin there from NHL.com. She was on with... She was on with Shope yesterday, so uh, she had some really good stuff on VZ. She did a few articles at NHL.com about him and his decision. So if you uh, want to hear that whole interview, just head to WGR550.com in the on-demand audio section, and uh, it'll be all up there. So last segment, we were continuing our VZ Watch talk, um, and we had a good caller. We fielded a good caller from Jerry, and he brought up a couple really good points um, that I still kind of want to build off of here in this uh, in this segment. And I'm just – my mind's kind of going everywhere as to why a 23-year-old – because be- it's kind of crazy to think about, but the kid's still younger than me, and and I'm trying to think about what I would be doing and what would be on my mind if I was a 23-year-old kid being courted by five or six NHL teams that are promising you top six minutes, promising you a power play position, and promising you a lot of things. And and, and it's got to be difficult for you know a, a kid like him, a Harvard grad, who hasn't had this type of you know, talk about him. I mean, he's always been, he was a Hobie Baker winner. He was the runner up in Eichel's year. So he definitely had some buzz around him being a heck of a hockey player, but I don't think that he quite expected the sort of response he's gotten from not only NHL teams, but the media uh, and fans in Buffalo. I I don't, and, and here's an interesting part about Buffalo that I don't know is happening really anywhere else. Now, I don't really know. I don't really listen to a lot of out of market radio. I don't listen to Boston radio very much. I listen to Toronto once in a while. Um, but my thought is, is there's probably not a lot of other cities, uh, hockey cities that are buzzing, uh, still n- more than a month away from his, this August 15th deadline, just nonstop talking about what he's going to do and why he should choose the Sabres over whatever team. I just, it's got to be pretty crazy for a 23-year-old kid to be courted like this and not technically being courted because if he was being courted by other teams, that would be tampering. Technically, only the Sabres, and before that, the Nashville Predators, you know, can physically talk to him. And I think that gave the Sabres a little bit of an advantage. So, so say VZ gets to this August 15th deadline, which I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to happen. And he decides to sign with the Sabres. I still think that that third round pick that they gave up ultimately is ends up being the deciding factor in this situation because the Sabres were able to go to Boston yesterday or on Thursday, drive down, fly down, whatever they did. They got on the Pagula jet. They got in the Pagula jet. They met with VZ and his agent, and you know there's VZ's agent 
you know, emailed WGR saying how well the meeting went with with the Sabres brass and a couple other little things like how Dan Bilesma played JV hockey with VZ's dad and, you know, just little things like that. And if the coach is really, you know, going to be a deciding factor, which is on his list of four requirements that he's really looking for in each team, I think it's interesting that his father has a relationship with Dan, Dan Bilesma. Bilesma knows his dad well, played with him, as I mentioned, at JV hockey. I, I think that not only that, but that Bilesma has a Stanley Cup and he's coached stars, he's coached guys like Crosby, Malkin. I think the coach, I, when you look at the four things that he's really concerned about, and that's the coach, that's the power play time, top six. What's the other one, Brayton? There was another one, coach top six. Winning? <laughs> well, if it's winning, then I think uh, we're out, right? Wine and line voice. We're all safe. Oh, if it's about winning, Sabres are out. I, I with... With the meeting that happened on, what was it now, Thursday? Thursday. Paul brought up another good point yesterday with talking with Mike Shope. Also on the trip, it was believed that Jerry Fortin was on the trip. Now, Jerry Fortin is the assistant director of scouting for the Buffalo Sabres. Fortin was with Harvard when Jimmy Vesey was being scouted, and Fortin helped Vesey pick Harvard, and then Fortin, I believe, was an assistant coach with Harvard when VC first played in his freshman year. Now that's huge just because of the fact that, you know, Fortin, he's done this before. He knows Jimmy VC. He's worked with Jimmy VC. I think that's important that he was on this trip. And I mean, and I mean, I think that Tim Murray and the Sabres are doing just about everything they can to try and sway Jimmy VC in the right direction to come to Buffalo by going to him personally, by giving him the option of playing with Jack Eichel, assuring him that he's going to have a top six, top six role on this team, which Obviously, I think there's a very good chance that he plays with either Ryan O'Reilly or Jack Eichel. If he plays with Jack Eichel, I mean, it's almost a sure thing. He's his best friend. He plays with him in a summer league yeah. in Massachusetts. So why wouldn't you try to to persuade Jimmy Vesey with all these really cool things? And I mean, Buffalo is a young city. We're hip. We're rebuilding. We're you know we're you know we're in our own little renaissance. Canal side. I mean, it's it's all about the pitch. And I think the Sabers are doing a a really good job as of right now in their pitch. I think that they're doing just about everything they can at this point. But I but I agree completely. I think that he is going to take this to August 15th, but he will know by August 15th that Buffalo's given everything that they've got, and I think it's a pretty good pitch that they've sent to VC. I'll tell you what. If you're a Sabres fan and you and you do believe in Tim Murray and what Tim Murray has done thus far, but what Tim Murray can continue doing to build the team that he's on pace to build right now, I think you have to feel pretty good. I, I, I say uh, there's going to be Sabres fans that say if this goes to the 15th, there's no way he's signing with us. If he could sign, he would have signed. But I, I'm not like upset or angry or like, oh, this who does this kid think he is? He's just he's never even played a minute in the NHL. Who does he think he is? Like that, that's just not me. I, I think that this process was put in place. For a reason, I think it's been successful, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I think the ability of these players that if you're going to stay for all four years and play college, you should have the opportunity to then, at the age of 23 or 24, decide where you're going. But for me, I feel comfortable allowing him to go to Toronto. I feel comfortable with allowing him to go to Boston or and or go to L.A. I mean, maybe not L.A., but because that's just the city. It would, 
if he goes to LA to meet with the with the Kings, I would say it's probably gonna be a pretty tough it's gonna be a pretty tough sell to get him to to not go live the LA lifestyle. But you have to remember this kid's a Harvard kid. He's brilliant. He's super, super smart. He knows Mandarin. He's a Harvard graduate. My personal gut feeling on this is that he's not gonna go that far out west. I mean I mean he's he turned down Nashville and I think he wants to be in an eastern team so he can go to Boston more often, go home more often and be with his family. I mean, obviously, family, I think, has a huge issue with this. And, and of course, with Toronto, his dad's a scout there. His brother's a prospect. His brother goes, I think, to the University of Maine. And his brother's going to do the same thing, though. I mean... Uh, I, I've, I've heard that his brother's going to spend all four years at Maine and then become a free agent and do the exact same thing that, that Jimmy's granted, doing. Granted, well, spending four years at college isn't a bad thing. Of course, education's a huge, yeah. you know, it's a huge thing when you go to college. But, I mean, for, for a well, guy like VC, well, you know, does he want to go to Toronto to be with his dad and his brother in the yeah. organization? Does he want to go to Boston to be home? Or does he want to be in Buffalo where, you know, I think Buffalo has the best chance of winning of those three teams right now. Not only that, but he's going to go play with his best friend on the line in Buffalo in Jack Eichel. There's just so much there that is appealing to to me, at least. I mean, it, it's probably appealing to Jimmy VC as well for Buffalo-wise, but... We have no idea what's going through his head, and who knows if Jimmy VC even knows what's going on through his head right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean, the points you make, and it makes you think, the Sabres really have a little bit of everything that they can offer Jimmy. They may not be able to offer him, you know, the L.A. lifestyle or the, you know, historicness, the the, the original sixness of Boston and Toronto, but they're... You know, the QEW away from Toronto from being near or close to his dad there and, and playing his, you know, and playing guys like Nylander or his brother. Um, and then you look at Boston. I mean, they're only a few hours away from Boston as well. So they're kind of geographically close to both cities. Um, and they offer you, as you mentioned, I think a better roster right now um, between Jack Eichel and, you know, Sam Reinhart, just the young guys. I think they offer something that other teams can't because they are they've been able to sort of expedite this rebuild. You know, I think 2 years ago if the Sabres are the the team they were 2 years ago trying to offer or trade for Jimmy Vesey and get him to come on, I I don't think they they're able to do that. I don't think they're be, they're able to compete with the Torontos, the Bostons or anyone. But now we've really kind of turned around and have done a full rebuild in about two and a half seasons. And now they've put themselves in a position to acquire a guy like VZ who has a lot, uh, just respect, but he's getting a lot of pull from other teams. And, and I think that you really have to respect what Tim Murray's been able to do in two and a half years to be a team that makes so much sense for such a young player who wants to be successful in this league. you got to give it up to this franchise for putting themselves in a position for Stamkos, even though Stamkos didn't sign here but he gave him a meeting and how many they didn't give Detroit a meeting so you have to say you have to think to yourself now I you can be upset that Stamkos decided to not make it to July 1st and he went back to Tampa Bay or you can you can you can say that oh well we're still the same old Sabres still can't sign the top three agents we got Oposo he's the he's the runner-up he's the jeans of Billy Vlano but at the end of the day look at it like this like Five years ago, when Brad Richards was a, was a free agent, 
they couldn't even get up into his building to get in front of him to make a pitch. And now they're one of three teams that that were able to talk to the best free agent available maybe ever. And I mean, yeah, they didn't sign it, but it's the, the progress is there. And now they're in a position where they can say, hey, we have one of the best young players in the league. And next to him, we have one of the other best young players in the league. And then we've got Ryan O'Reilly, who's one of the best, you know, 24 to 25-year-old. And you've also got Alex Nylander, yeah. who could be one of the best playmakers in the league. I think I think another thing not to forget here, and I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but I'll, if I have, I'll say it again. Long-term, it's important to remember that Jimmy Vesey also wants to be with a team that he feels like he's going to have a long-term future with. Boston is another team that unless they dump a huge salary, they really don't have the long-term future Not to space mention that. Him. Think about two years down the line. Where's Boston going to be? Where's David Backus going to be in two years into his five-year deal? you got to re-sign Brad Marchand right. to the deal. And where where is Zidane Chara, their best defenseman at 39, going to be in two years? I there's just a lot of question marks to me in Boston. They've had very questionable. Now, I mean, if they have t- Tyler Sagan still, uh, maybe that they he ends up going there. But they've got no good young nucleus. As you mentioned, Krejci's getting older. They're trying to potentially move Krejci. Then you've got Tori Krug, who's a good young left-handed puck-moving defenseman. But are they able to sign him past? You know, four or five years. Well, I mean, in. they've they've got him locked up for five years. Right, so I'm saying, thing- but after that, he's still going to be a top. You're hoping then at after the end of this five year deal that he's a top flight. He's your franchise defenseman. Can you make room for him at VC in two? It's just there's just a lot of questions. And now that you don't have Stamkos and you're the Sabers, you have the flexibility and you have the space to make guys like Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and Jimmy VC. You're able to give them the contracts that they're going to be seeking two or three years down the line because you're not locked up with a guy making $12 million a season. Right, and I think that for for a team like Buffalo and Toronto, they have cap space. They're going to have cap space for a while, uh, especially two years down the road where, you know, of course, Buffalo's going to have to re-sign guys like Eichel and Reinhardt right then, and then VC will be up as well. I mean, there is a good chance that Buffalo will be able to re-sign all three of those players uh, just because that they would probably have the cap space. I mean, if Steven Stamkos would have signed here, then I would have absolutely questioned it. Like, eh, I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign right. a guy like Jimmy VC. Like, I don't think it would fit. But now that Stamkos isn't here and that we, you know, we've Scott Ocposo locked up, I mean, there is going to be some room. And, of course, we expect the cap to keep going up. We hope that it doesn't go down because that's just going to hurt us. But if the cap continues to go up, that means just more cap space available. And I think that with the Sabres, you know, having a guy like VC, Eichel, Reinhardt, if that's the case, and then they have to re-sign all three, I think with a cap, they'd be able to re-sign them. But VC has to be looking at a long-term future. I think Toronto and Buffalo have the best long-term future out there. And then a team like Chicago and Boston, not so much. Well, VZ Watch will undoubtedly continue over the next month and six month and a week, whatever you're going to do. Uh, so we will, I'm sure, continue on this conversation uh, as the weeks and the uh, the time unfolds here. But next segment, uh, before we close things off for the first hour, I do want to talk a little bit more about VZ, but just in a different light. What do you want if the Sabres can't get VZ, if he isn't locked up by the 15th and he decides to go to Toronto or Boston or wherever else he decides to go? 
what are the Sabres to do? What's their next move? Are you going to be worried waiting for the Jimmy Vesey decision by the time August 15th comes? Is the guy that you want maybe on or off the market? Or is you know the guy that you could have traded for already been traded for because you had to wait for Jimmy Vesey? So these are all things that we definitely need to talk about. So we'll get back to that next when we come back. This all on WGR. I don't even know if he knows what is rising to the top of that. I mean, I asked him about family weighing in and whether that means Toronto in terms of his dad and his brother, whether that means Boston in terms of the rest of his family and a place that he's comfortable with. He said, I'm 23, I'm a man, I'm going to make my own decision. So I guess weigh that however you want to weigh that in terms of whether his family is exerting influence. But he really said, this is my call. You know, He's waited four years to be able to make this call, which is a gamble to some degree. And he is fully committed to this being his More Emily Benjamin there from NHL.com on the show up yesterday. Again, if you missed it, you can head to WGR550.com, the on-demand audio section, and take a listen. It was a good interview. Brayton, uh, I have a little homework assignment for you next segment. Uh, if you could find some sound for me. Uh, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State football head coach, has a speech or a post-game rant where he says, I'm a man! Oh yeah, and and I would just love to play that coming back from from next in going into next hour. I just think that fits perfectly with uh, with what VC had mentioned to Emily. There is he's a man. He's twenty three years old, and I don't think that he cares where his family is, and I don't think he should. Uh, I think he should go to the best place that gives him the most opportunity to win and to be successful and to be successful in the NHL. It's difficult to do. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, there's been number one picks who have been bust. There's been number two, number three picks. This kid has an opportunity to be an NHL player, and he should take advantage of that by going to the best team that gives him the best opportunity. And I'm biased, but I think it's the Sabres that give him that opportunity. But if it's now up to the Sabres, what can they do to soften the blow if they aren't to get Jimmy VC and Jimmy VC decides I want to go to Toronto to play with my brother who's going to be in the organization for a few more years or my dad's a scout and I want to go play for Toronto or I want to go play for Boston I want to go play in front of my friends and family with David Backus sometimes you just you know, you're never going to get an opportunity to play with a guy like David Backus again but if that's his decision and that's what he wants to do or he wants to go to Chicago and it's August 15th, and you let, and you're Tim Murray, and you let a month go by, and you don't add another piece to your roster. Do you start to worry if you're a Sabres fan? Are you saying, I don't, with Jimmy VC? So if the Sabres do get Jimmy VC, I do feel as though they've done quite enough to get themselves to the playoffs next year, but I still have a lot of questions on their on their blue line. Are they deep enough to make a run in the playoffs? If one guy gets hurt, I don't like where their depth stands. Uh, and we saw last year Cody Franson go down. We saw Josh George. You know, there's if one guy goes down, I'm very worried about the depth at the blue line. So I could definitely see them trying to even still make it make a move there, even if they do sign VZ. But if VZ isn't signed, are you comfortable with what the Sabres have done this offseason and and the draft and maybe your prospects? Maybe you're one of those people that say, eh, don't need VC. I really like Justin Bailey. Or, eh, don't need VC. I think Hudson Fashing is a stud, and I don't think we need another winger because 
he you think you know Fashing is going to be that guy next year. I think that Bailey could absolutely be a third line winger next year. I don't see him as a top six next year. I don't see Fashing as a top six next year. But they could surprise us. They could have a great development camp, go into training camp with some momentum, and really push for an NHL spot. Uh, there's still a lot of options, I think, on this roster that a lot of people aren't looking at. So a guy like Evan Rodriguez, who played really, really well when he came up last year, I was really impressed with what I saw from Evan Rodriguez in the one or two games that he played with the Sabres last year. So a guy like that, maybe he takes his next step in his career. He was a college senior and got to sign wherever he wanted last year, decided to come with the Sabres, wanted to follow his line mate, teammate in Jack Eichel. And now we're hoping that Jimmy VC does the same and his summer league teammate, his summer league line mate in Jack Eichel so there are options on the roster in the prospect pool currently that give you some hope that if you don't sign Jimmy VZ, that you have someone who is ready to replace him someone who's ready to step into that role of a top six player you still have Tyler Ennis which I think is a very big question mark can Tyler Ennis be a top six forward absolutely he can he's shown it year after year before last year. Then the injuries, and he sort of looked lost in Bilesma's sister, and so did Zemgis Gergensen's also looked lost in Dan Bilesma's system, where they're not playing a free-for-all, go out there and play hockey under Ted Nolan's system, and they're expected to play a role. I think that's difficult for guys like Gergensen's and Ennis to accept. They're not really role players. They've always been the best one or two offensive talents on their team, and that's how it was two years ago when they were the two best offensive talents on that pit Pitiful, pitiful team. So, where does that leave you? Are you comfortable with the forward situation? I think I am. I think with or without VZ, I am comfortable with the forward situation. I think with VZ, the Sabres need to make a move other than re-signing Rasmus Ristolainen to that contract that they're going to have to tender him. So other than that contract, who is then your next move? And I think it needs to be a defenseman. I still think that they need, it may not be a puck-moving defenseman, but I think that they need to add more depth to that defensive blue line. I think it's lagging. If one injury, if you lose a Josh Georges, if you lose a Rasmus Ristolainen to any amount of time, you're really in trouble defensively. I, I'm not really I'm not really comfortable with seeing Justin Falk get it, increased amount of time you know he's a kind of a journeyman NHLer I'm not really comfortable with him being your sixth defenseman honestly I'm not comfortable with Cody Franson being your sixth defenseman I would rather be have Cody Franson be that guy who can come in like a Carlo Koliakovo did last year you know a veteran that can come in and you know if there's an injury or if somebody needs a break, I just I'm not exactly comfortable with where this team stands on the blue line. So with or without VZ, I think that there is still some issues this team has to address. I still think backup goalie is an issue. Uh, they they traded for for Nielsen earlier uh, last week, right after the Oposo signing. But there's going to be some interesting moves, I think, still ahead. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, a good conversation about VC there. We're going to move on to development camp next hour, uh, and we're also going to talk some Wimbledon, and I also want to talk Carmelo Anthony, and uh, I'll tell you why when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.